This is the Copper Crab Podcast. I am Cheney Crab. I am Naveen Copperweiss. If you would like to buy limited edition Entheos merch, that is the band that we are in, then go to entheosofficial.bigcartel.com. If you would like to buy Copper Crab Podcast merch, like these wonderful glasses that I just drank a bunch of pre-workout out of, or coffee cups or t-shirts, go to coppercrab.bigcartel.com. Our regular uh, band Entheos merch line is at nightshiftmerch.com slash collections slash Entheos. Join our Discord. Submit questions for the podcast. Go watch us on Twitch. We're on Twitch live every Tuesday at 8.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. And our band has a show coming up. That is the Whitechapel Christmas Benefit Show in Knoxville, Tennessee at the Mill and Mine on December 22nd. It's a Thursday. That is with Whitechapel, Entheos, that's us, Orthodox, and the Guild. And that's going to be fun. Those are the announcements for now. Those are the announcements for now. More stuff to announce, but we're not allowed to talk about it yet. Something we should announce. I was saying that I was thinking we should just spill the beans. We have another song coming out. I was actually just thinking of that and I was in my head trying to figure out how I could like secretly ask you if it was cool to talk about that. Oh, you know, but I guess you just tore the bandaid off. Yeah, so. I'm on the like not caring anymore about announcing when stuff is coming out. So I if you guys that. haven't I checked out our brand new single, Absolute Zero, we just put out a music video two weeks ago. Go and check it out on YouTube. Listen to it on Spotify. Stream it, whatever. Help like us out. Like it. Subscribe. It. I don't know. Whatever you do to us. What else can you do to it? Leave a good comment. <laughs> Share it to your friends. Share it to your friends. Leave a good comment about how wonderful we did. How great the song is. You know, speaking of sharing it, <laughs> it has kind of made me realize um, this is the first th- like song that we've released in a while. And I'm seeing how bad facebook is for promoting your music now it's kind of crazy well i think that things have gone a different way like i've noticed promote like posting an actual music video does not get as much traction as posting a video of yourself playing like just performing the you mean song. like linking in the youtube or posting the youtube yeah link? posting yeah. a clip from the music video or posting a youtube link like if you're if you post that anywhere but youtube so instagram facebook tiktok wherever it does not do yeah, doesn't do good nearly as well as recording yourself a straight on video and just posting that to the internet at least in my experience yeah me too it's like the more artsy stuff doesn't seem to do as well on other social no. media platforms. Yeah, it's just kind of weird uh, that we haven't put anything out in a while and I'm just sort of seeing like I was going through the posts that we've made or the ones that I've made about the song. Like, hey, check out the song. Here's the videos out, you know. And I'm just like, dang, that is not a whole lot of people reached there. Yeah. Like a regular video of me just doing like double bass would be like way more engagement. Yeah, so I make I I think that But particularly with Facebook, that's what I'm talking about. Well, I'm talking about Instagram too. I think that they do pretty good on Instagram. Facebook The clip of your video on Instagram doesn't seem to do as good for me. Like the best thing is doing what I always do, I guess. Yeah. So my like formula is what does the best. Same. So just a straight on shot of me doing vocals is what yeah. does the best. But 
on YouTube, the music video does the best. Right. Right. So, right. Yeah. On YouTube, our music video is doing better than anything that we have out on there. Yeah. So it's, it's fascinating how differently all of these social media platforms, how you have to like change things a little in order to. Yeah. Find well, I think they're getting more aggressive on not promoting each other's platforms. That's what it seems like. It does seem like that, except for with, well, yeah, I guess you never really promote like Instagram on Facebook. Exactly. YouTube is really the only social media platform that you share on other, yeah, in other places. That's kind of fascinating too. Yep. But uh, so long story short, I guess we made that into a long story, but we're putting out another single on yeah. <laughs> November 30th. We're putting out another music video. So I think it's another Wednesday. Mm -hmm. It uh, is another Wednesday. It's three weeks from tomorrow. We peeped the video today. We peeped the, the first. We're expo you know, yeah, we peeped the, the first pass of the video today and it looks rad. I'm excited to put it out. Yeah, it looks really cool. It'll be fun. Um, I just also thought, you know, YouTube is like integrating the TikTok format into YouTube. With the shorts? With the shorts. You know, this whole internet thing, it's crazy how like quick you have to adapt to things on different on social ball, media platforms. Dude. Everyone is now kind of trying to copy TikTok because of the organic reach of TikTok. And I think TikTok is the most popular app in the world. Is that true? I believe so. Holy shit. But I'm I, not, I don't even post on there. You know, another thing is the last time that we were putting out music, Spotify plays and the importance of monthly listeners and all of that that didn't really exist from what i remember yeah yeah and there was a huge disparity with our band in particular like we did good on a lot of different websites or i guess they're not websites social media sites uh but our spotify was how how can i put that it was uh disproportional to the rest of them well, yeah, so it's interesting to see that. So, as yeah, well. we put the one song out, and now, like, our monthly listeners or whatever have more than doubled because of one song. So, I'm kind of like, all right, how important is this really? Well, I think. Or what does it really mean? Next week, we're having. Uh, so, we're going to have. I was talking about this in the pre show, but we're going to have guests on. We've got a few guests coming up. So, we're going to do next week is Jeff Menig, and he is a manager. He's a manager of the band Left to Suffer. And we met him at the Beatdown Brunch that we did a few weeks ago in Knoxville. It's up on our YouTube, like the little... It, is. it was a little talk, bonus episode. A little bonus episode talk that we gave. Um, but I think it will be fascinating for people who listen to the show, if you guys are in a band, to hear some of the things that Jeff has to say. Because, you know, he managers are pretty insightful when it comes to plays and analytics and all of that stuff and something that he talked about that was fascinating to me is Spotify plays because I think that in the current state of music Spotify plays seem to hold a lot of weight yeah um but there are ways to like highly inflate your Spotify yeah. plays we're starting to think it's a little overblown well I, what's going on here yeah so I that's think that uh I have the old computer on the desk right now <laughs> <laughs> so I think it'll be insightful for people to hear from Jeff because, you know, when you're in a band and you like, you know, you might not be on a label, you might kind of be just be playing local shows. You don't really know 
what matters and where numbers you you might not know all of that stuff so it is yeah. really i think it'll be cool for you guys to like get some insight from a manager's point of view someone who's completely involved on the business side to like you know sort of understand what matters in those you know yeah just some business <clears throat> i mean a guy who spends all of his time doing that yeah chaney and i have learned quite a bit about the business side or whatever, but we don't really want to do that. We yeah. think that it's stupid and we would rather just make music, but we have learned about it because you have to. That's just so. kind of the nature of things. Now yeah. you have to know a bit about the business side in order to, and I think that knowing about all of this stuff has put us, has given us an advantage definitely in dealing with the business Absolutely. side of our band. And it, make, it makes everything well more, it makes everything work better if, you have a better understanding of it. So you can't, you know, get a fast one pulled on you. It's good to know what's going on. And then it increases everything. Like when you go to sign to a label, you know more, you don't have uh, as much rose colored glasses through the whole thing. Well, yeah. And I think that it'll also provide some insight as to, you know, when is it right to find management? When is it right to find a booking agent? Because I think that sometimes there might be like this, idea that you need a manager in order to six or you need like a bunch of people working for you when I personally would err on the side of you only hire those people or sign to a label when you actually need to. Right. And I think it'll be cool to, to have him to talk about those things. Yeah. And the guy had a lot of really good insight when we had the talk with him. Totally. Yeah, so... We didn't talk to him, but he talked to... No, but while he was up on stage, I was like... I was wishing that we were having a conversation with him because I think that we could have bounced off of each other. So that's what yeah. we're going to do. So that'll be cool. That'll be yeah, next that'll be week. Cool. Um, if So if you guys do have any questions for someone who is involved heavily in the business side of things, then throw them in our Discord. Yeah. You'll obviously be able to ask while the show's going, but over the next week, if you have any... If anything comes to mind, throw it in there because... Uh, yeah, I think that he'll be able to answer a lot of questions that people have. Yeah, he definitely did. A bunch of the audience asked a lot of good questions and it was really cool. Totally. So yeah, uh, we got back from Houston last night. Yeah, we went to Travis Lavrier's wedding. And Megan. Our good old buddy <laughs> Travis. Well, they don't know her. That's true. Travis played guitar in our band for yeah. three years. So, yes. And he's a dear, dear friend of ours. So we took a little trip down to Houston that was, uh, we split it up over two days. So it wasn't a, cause it's like 13 hours or something. And, uh, yeah, the wedding was really cool. He had it out on his family's property out in the countryside. Yeah, it was awesome. And a uh, really good time. We did break our sobriety streak. Not going to lie. That we did. I didn't know if we were going to, <laughs> to do it. We didn't pick up any alcohol to take. I got non-alcoholic beer. I was prepared to not drink out on the farm. But when it came to dinner time. I was like, all right, dude, Chaney, let's go. White yeah. Claws. Let's, this is the time to do it. <laughs> we did it. But I have to say, I only drank three White Claws that night. Yeah. I didn't, like, get too crazy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it wasn't too crazy with the drinking. That uh, is something but that I, it was still fun to. I think that's a good time to drink. Yeah, at your friend's wedding. You know, yeah, crack a couple. And it was a situation where, like, it was on, like Naveen said, his family's farm. So 
people started leaving throughout the night, but we stayed overnight with, you know, a group of their friends. And so hit the rage mode. <clears throat> we hit rage mode. So it was really fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. But I, the next day I was like, don't want to do that for a long time again. That's what I will say <laughs> about not having drank for the month and however long is that it made me enjoy or want to drink less. Yep. Like in the past, I would have drank shots of whiskey and like gone a little crazy yeah, all night. But I looked at the bottles of whiskey that were around and they made me want to puke. Yeah. I, I did have a little taste of whiskey. I'm not going to lie. You did? <laughs> yeah. That explains. Naveen was feeling way worse than me the next day, I have to say. Yeah, it was uh, It was a reminder of why I don't really want to do that anymore. <laughs> but it was a great fucking weekend. I yeah. mean, It's cool when you treat fun. it more as like a treat, you know? It's it's a little more serious. Yeah. And uh, or, or thinking of it as something that's serious rather than just like, oh, I'm going to you know, screw it. Let's just drink all the time. Right. So it was fun. So you mean it's like more sacred? Uh, well, I don't know about that. I wouldn't call it sacred. I'd call <laughs> it the opposite of sacred, actually. <laughs> I'd call it devolving into, uh, I don't know what. Hellstorm. Yeah. But fun nonetheless. <clears throat> yeah, it was great. And then we had to drive home for two days. And I think... to. So that was, we left on Sunday. So we've really been like going out of town lately. I know. Cause the, doing drives. Yeah. Weekend before that, we drove up to Detroit. We did. And then the weekend before that was the beat down brunch. So we've just been, that, I have to say, the thing about the middle of the country living in Tennessee is that you can pretty much drive like everywhere is within 12 hours. Yep. It's not a big deal. I mean, we drove to Houston. We stopped in Texarkana, which apparently is known for a serial killer that did, never got caught. Because when I looked up, I like to look up cities as I'm driving through them to see if there are any songs about yeah. the place. You know, all my exes live in Texas, Amarillo by morning. I'm just naming George Strait songs. So I was hoping <laughs> that George would come through with a fucking song about Texarkana. And when I looked it up, it was a, a serial wait, killer. <clears throat> it was all serial killers, and I think R.E.M. has a song called Texarkana that okay. was pretty good. That was the song that you were playing? It was pretty good, yeah, yeah. wasn't it? I'm yeah, gonna, you asked let's me. Let's throw that on the... You were like, Naveen, do you know who this is? And I was like, R.E.M. I Even though it kind of didn't you really sound that. like them. It actually... Like, I think that I would enjoy R.E.M. Yeah, I was thinking it, so, too. It sounded pretty indie. It wasn't as uh, grating. I mean, I kind of like R.E.M.'s hits. But they've they've worn on me over the years. Yeah. I haven't even thought of them as something that I would listen to. But yeah. when you played that song, I was like, well, it's actually kind of cool. R.E.M. is kind of more one of those bands that just comes on on a radio station or at the grocery store. And you're like, you live with it, but you never throw them on Spotify. Right. Or whatever. You of know? course not. Do people own R.E.M. vinyls? I don't know. I'm sure there are a few, <coughs> my, a few collectors uh, out there. I believe my stepmom owned an REM CD when I was a kid. What else did she own? Um, Elvis Costello. Okay. Sting. Yeah. It's all that. That that one Sting song? Desert Rose. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that one. But I think the yeah. album before that as well. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so Sting had another song? I don't know. I don't know. Don't don't kill Didn't me. Didn't she uh, also don't. own Simon and Garfunkel? 
Uh, more Paul Simon. Oh, just Paul Simon. Yeah. Paul Simon has some hits. Uh, I think 99 Miles from L.A. is a Paul Simon song. I don't know that one. Well, that's a hit. So. But yeah, that's some good early 90s. What would you call that? Was that rock? What is all that music? Uh, I think it's like... Alternative? College. Yeah, I don't know what rock. it is. I don't fucking know. I c- we were talking. What was that horrifying fact you told me before the show what? about genres? Oh, it was about a tray. <laughs> oh yeah. Harrison looked up. What do you do? You looked up hardcore bands on Google. On Google, and th- they had a big list. Dillinger Escape Plan was up there, and mm-hmm. then like four down from him was a, a tray. Sorry, <laughs> four <laughs> down from them. From Dillinger. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Mr. Dillinger. From the plan. <laughs> <laughs> Atreyu was on there, and I just I lost all faith in humanity. Oh my god, yeah. Atreyu! Let's get this straight. Atreyu is not a hardcore band. They are a metallic. Metal, That's what I would have metal called metalcore. It's metalcore. Don't get the genres messed up, or Cheney will come after you, man. <laughs> Remember, <laughs> yeah, you, you hurt someone's feelings on Twitch one time. You can time. see I'm seething with rage. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I it's like anyone chill. else. I jammed lip gloss in black. Sorry. What's that? Sorry, not sorry. It's an Atreyu album. Oh, okay. Uh, what's that song? I don't think I've ever heard them. Really? Which yeah. song? I know Atreyu pretty well. What are the, the hits, <laughs> the music videos? Harrison just swooped his hair over yeah, and he's like, I know, an Atreyu song. Right, I know Atreyu song. I know Atreyu. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they had some good cuts. Uh, I can't remember the names of them. But they Becoming had, the Bull, I think, was their biggest one. Becoming the Bull? Oh, I don't know that one. But anyway, I'm not good with song titles. I just I just I've wouldn't call before. it hardcore. No. Hardcore. We were listening to some hardcore before the show on the pre-show, which if you don't tune into our Twitch, you're missing. We were jamming some Earth Crisis, some Candiria, which I would put in the hardcore. Yeah, they're they're like trippy, weird hardcore. They're like groove. Really original. Um we we're listening to Buried Alive and Terror. Ba- like actually Buried not, alive, not not like buried. strawberries yeah. buried alive. We were listening to like Scott Vogel, nineties buried alive yeah. hardcore. Yeah, not like <laughs> you know, it's more like dun 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get it straight. <laughs> I'm just. Uh, did you say Earth Crisis? Yeah, we yeah, were listening that. to Earth Crisis. Yeah, because on the way home uh, on a long drive, you know, we listened to a lot of music. So we did. We listened. We jammed some Dillinger. We jammed his album. We did. Jam, we did jam Mr. Plan's <laughs> album. We jammed uh, one of us is a killer, which is my favorite Dillinger album. I think we Personally. also saw in one of their stories that they were maybe jamming. Dillinger. Maybe reuniting. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we don't know. But we saw a little. I did hint see a little in story a, snippet. In a story. I did see a little wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Might be reuniting. We'll yeah. see. We played. We got to play some of Dillinger's last shows. Yeah, we did. That was like really cool. Probably one of the coolest things that we've gotten to do. Absolutely, uh, it was really fun. Dillinger is a fucking sick band. Yeah, really, really love that band. Definitely one of my faves. Yeah, All respect for Dillinger. Definitely. I what I, one thing I love about Dillinger is that they can seamlessly go between like Mathy, Corey music and rock yeah and i fucking love that and that's honestly something that has influenced me and the way that i 
want to be with my own band because I don't want Entheos to be like just strictly one genre of music. I want to be able to float throughout genres of music and do it in a a seamless way. Yeah, I think there were some of our justification for some of the stuff we did on the new album. Definitely. We're like... Like, we can have a death metal song and then a rock song. Fuck it. Yeah. They did it. I know. (laughs) And they did it fantastically. I mean... Yeah. I think that's really cool. And that's something that I miss about Dillinger not being around anymore, that I think that they were one of those bands who really didn't give a fuck yeah about like that type about it seems staying like people within these a line. days really care they really give a fuck yeah about like staying within one thing like who doesn't care i don't know i don't really know a lot of caring these days yeah i aim to not really care about that stuff <laughs> like about genre uh the genres are really like specific these yeah. days and kind of there's I, so many of them that's something I enjoy about Whitechapel. I like that they're that they have gone not quite what they used to be. I think that's admirable in a band, and I think that that shows growth in bands that do it. I'm not saying that like you have to do that in order to show growth, but I do like when bands like play with dynamics. Yeah, I agree. Well, it makes the album more fun to listen to. Totally, it's kind of more of a journey of all these different songs but it all has the common thread of the same guys writing it right bc bam does it yeah i mean thinking about you know i'm sure we'll think of more bands that do it but i always those are the type of bands that i personally am drawn to as a listener yeah 100 i mean Um, i I can get it down with pretty much a lot of any genre i'll find a couple bands i really like in that genre but totally when it's like that it's an added bonus of a wild ride yeah i enjoy that uh but yeah i appreciate that for sure should we uh, go into questions? Do we have any questions? We've got a couple. Uh, sure as hell better, because Channing and I are tired, man. We don't have all kinds of... <laughs> we are tired. We got back last night. And I'm still recovering from, from the, the trip, weekend. dude. I'm not yeah. going to lie. I know. Me too. All right. Let's switch it on over. All right. Good pal. Jake from Scarrett Pile asks uh, a question, or one question for Channing, one question for Naveen. All right. Uh, Channing, how long does it take for you to record vocals for an album? You knock out the whole thing with a certain time span? <laughs> One to two years. <laughs> Do I knock out the the whole thing in a certain time span? Definitely not. Well, technically it is a time span. Yeah, it's just a lengthy span of time. <laughs> I pretty much like, um, I'm going to be honest, tracking vocals for me is kind of on my own terms. And that's a part of why I... Naveen and I work well together in doing that because I can kind of, um, whenever I want, say, hey, I, I think it's time for me to go and do vocals. I'm not the type of person who enjoys going into the studio for a week straight and pounding out vocals in that week because sometimes I think of things like two weeks later or think, you know, sometimes I just don't feel like I can have the vocals produced in the way that I want to within a week like I don't enjoy that time constraint I do demo vocals my demos tend to be um like patterns they don't always have words to them some of them do have words like absolute zero the demo words are really close to what the actual song became you'll just throw some fill in scatting in there right yeah I'll throw some scatting like some Jonathan Davis-esque <laughs> 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 
But also, there's another <laughs> song, the the single that we'll put out in January, that's pretty close to what the original song was. So I'll do that. Uh, but as far as like actually tracking the vocals, I mean, I would say that we started tracking the vocals for our upcoming album maybe last August. But I had demos before that. Um, I remember we sent Absolute Zero and the the song that we're putting out in January were the two demos that we sent to Metal Blade to, and that's what we they signed us off of basically. And uh, I think we had those finished in twenty twenty. Uh, the vocals were not the demo vert. No, they were the demo. Vocals. They were the demo vocals, yeah. but they were pretty close to the end. So we had yeah. the demo vocals in like twenty twenty for that. Chaney is pretty unorthodox with her vocal tracking. It's true. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that. That is true. Like, you'll be like, "Hey, I want to do this one part in song halfway through song seven. Yeah. And I'm just like, "Okay." Let's yeah, do it. I d- I definitely do not like track in a linear fashion. I no don't. Yeah, I'm totally unorthodox about the way that I track. I don't start with song one. I don't start at the beginning of a song always. But that's just how I work. That's what works best for me. And I think that any ever there's no I say that all the time. That's like one of the best things about the artistic process is that there is no right or wrong way to do it. And whatever works the best way for you is what you should do. For me, it works to spread things out. I don't like to force myself to track if I'm not inspired to track because I don't want to listen to a song three years down the road and think about how much the part that I wrote didn't come across the way that I wanted it to, because I wasn't inspired to do it that day. Um, I mean, naturally there's always going to be something that you want to change, but I like to avoid that as much as possible. And yeah, I'm not, I don't know. I kind of go in on vocals (laughs) and I, I change shit sometimes to the point that Naveen will be like, we cannot, change this again yeah no it's like no like, like he'll be like this scream literally sounds the same as the thing you just had me erase so it is nice that i have him here to kind of draw the line for me because i am the type of person who could change i mean i think everyone can change shit forever not me yeah Naveen is really really good at not doing that you kind of do the opposite with drumming you go into a studio for a week straight and you oftentimes nail songs on the first second third time through i just play it and get it over with and you play it in a linear you know what i do i do jump around though with and spend a little bit more time on is the the leads the solos that's true i'll jump around here and there and kind of do it similar to vocals so i get that the vocals aren't the drums and the guitars they're just like a structured thing there's not a whole lot of room it's just gonna be what it is yeah i guess with the drums it could be but i play more off a of feel anyway so i'm just gonna play it and there we go we're good to go totally but uh you know the guitars i've already spent the time writing all the parts so it's just a matter of literally sitting there and mechanically getting it done yeah Same. but with leads there's a little more room for feel and interpretation and like what it's a layer so it's not as cut and dry yeah, it's true. And I th- oh, there are times when after vocal demos are laid out that we we will decide in the studio 
as we're doing vocals, like, uh, I think this needs a lead here rather than a vocal. Exactly. Me- melodic line. It should have a lead melodic line or there are parts that all Naveen will write one thing. And I, once I'm doing vocals or what I have in mind, will call for the part to go twice as long and will extend parts yeah, while I'm demoing things. Stuff. That happened a lot on the album and that I'm we're going to put out so next year. Freaking stoked for the, for everybody to hear this album. Yeah. I think the, the one song, like everybody likes it and stuff, but off that song, you like have no idea what's what that's, you're about to get hit with. Yeah, all of my favorite, <laughs> so- I think my favorite songs are not even singles. Okay, but I'm really proud. I'm yeah. proud of the singles, so that says a lot about the songs that. There's just a lot of stuff going on on yeah. the album. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but I mean, I think that that is something that we do a lot is kind of work together in the studio. Like I can't play guitar as well as Naveen. I can play like, you know, very simple guitar. REM. But I can play, REM. I can play REM. She probably could definitely. Guitar, definitely. Uh, but I, no, kidding, I do I have like a musical, that. like there are leads on the record that I thought of and told Naveen what to play. And you play, you we work really well together in that way. Like yeah. you can write a riff that I'm thinking in my head. So we will like be in the studio writing music and all say, I was thinking of this sick lead that goes here that would follow my melodic line. Yeah. It's like in song eight, there's that, you know, that sick lead. Oh yeah. That follows the melodic line that I have before that. But that you didn't even end up doing that. I think. No, I did. Oh really? I thought I am thinking of a part. Thinking of a part where you thought of a melodic line, I played it on guitar, and then you changed it. Maybe. And uh, the guitar was just left, but it was really cool. Yeah, maybe. I don't know, but anyway, we we just do shit like that all the yeah. time. So we, our writing process is kind of like, guitar isn't done just because vocals have started, and drums aren't done just because yeah. vocals have started. Like Naveen on this record specifically like tried to write drums more so in a way that vocals would stand out a little more and bass didn't even come about until after vocals were completely demoed out. So Evan was able to take some of the stuff that I did and like mirror it. Yeah. Play off some of the rhythms and stuff. And we wanted to make sure there was a little more focus on the vocals. Not to say the music isn't totally crazy and stuff, but we wanted to just be a little more aware of what was going on there instead of having it like well we made all this crazy music let's throw some vocals on on it and call it done right it's a lot more holistic yeah which i think is our goal a lot moving forward is that we want to continue to do that because we want the vocals and the music to work together harmoniously instead of random vocals which important yeah so yeah my the way I record vocals totally unorthodox, um, but it does get done. So there's that. <laughs> I also just sometimes eventually I'm like, all right, Cheney, we got to wrap this up, man. Totally. It's I been mean, two years. you know, I go. It do, it doesn't take two years for the record, but like I will, <laughs> I'll revise shit and I'll go through and decide that one word sounds better than the last. That you know, I'll change yeah. the words or whatever. So. Maybe someday I'll go into the studio and just track everything in a week, but I don't, I don't so. know. I, I don't just, know. I, I like so. the way that I try. I like tracking for maybe 
two, three hours. That's another time. cool thing about getting to the point where you can at least do your guitar and vocal tracking at home. You're not Subject. paying an engineer to sit there and like, oh God, let's get this done. You know, right. On the millionth take, you can just kind of go at your own pace, which is we've explained some of the good and bad of that. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's an advantage to going to someone because then you have a third party kind of producing and telling yeah. you how things would sound. But luckily, I have Naveen to do that. You don't spare me in the studio. You want it to. No, I want it to sound good. You don't spare my feelings like you want it to sound good. I remember there was a singing part that we were doing where you're like, you're really like not giving enough effort to this yeah. part, you know? And I think that it takes that kind of working relationship in the studio. So as a vocalist, it's very important for me to work with someone who I'm comfortable with, but who I know will push me. And luckily I have that in Naveen and in house. Yeah. Luckily I have that in house <laughs> and I really, trust and care about his opinion and i know that we're going for the same thing so i think that's an important thing to find and that will like really help you give the best performance if you're with someone who is going to help you find a way to make everything that you're doing a little better or who maybe has a different idea you could try on certain parts but yeah i think that that is actually a really important part of the vocal thing process seems like process. a lot of vocalists do well with some sort of producer guy there yeah i mean i th i do think that sometimes on any instrument people have a tendency to maybe maybe overthink overthink and maybe like over do things and sometimes it's Get just because you want to like show everything you can do yeah. So sometimes it's better to have someone be like, dude, cut that shit out. Like you don't need to do technique yeah. salad over well, That's this. where I come in. I'm like, come on, dude. Let's just John Gallagher. Right. Let's go. <laughs> that's true. So yeah. Uh, what was the second question for Nivea? Yeah. Uh, what is one thing on drums you haven't learned slash don't care to learn? Okay. Uh, haven't learned slash don't care to learn. There is there is something in particular I w I've thought of before. I'm like, oh, I don't know that, and I don't want to learn that. Mm. Excuse me. I don't know. I'm not to think about that. One. All right. You it's want another one. question? One I know how to do so many. Th no, I'm just kidding. Wow, jack of all <laughs> trades. Uh, don't. I mean, to be honest with you, a lot of, this is going to sound funny coming from me, but a lot of the like polyrhythmic, like really crazy, that kind of stuff, I, I just don't really want to learn it. I, I do, I did learn it and play a lot of that stuff for animals as leaders, but honestly, not really. It's pretty fun, but some of the like really crazy, that, that kind of stuff I see, I'm just like, man, that's a lot of work. and I don't want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I understand. It's good to expand, but uh, yeah, I, th I think there's actually something to be said for not trying to learn every, how to do every single thing. I, I think with my thing, uh, I mean, it's not to say I don't, I'm constantly trying to learn new stuff and pick up new stuff or whatever, but I think I've kind of honed in on like meat and potatoes of what I do, what I like. 
What do you think that is? How, how do you see it? What do you see yourself as? Me? It's kind of just like death metal. I'm able to play pretty fast. Not like I'm not as fast as a lot of death metal drummers, but I'm pretty fast. And then I have good groove and good feel. Yeah. And then interesting fills. That would be the three things that I focused on. Yeah. I just Good think- feel and groove. Being able to play death metal. Because a lot of people who can groove and feel really good can't play death metal. That's very true. And then... A lot of people who play death metal can't groove and feel very good. And then adding in kind of cool little twisty fills. But it was just always because it had to do with like the kind of music I liked. Yeah. And I say this all the time. It's not like I... I was like, I'm going to devise my drum drumming sound. You know, I just listened to that kind of stuff and put it together. And that's what came out. Yeah, I feel like that's sort of how it goes. No, I mean, who really sits and calculates? Like, uh, exactly. This is exactly what I want. I mean, I guess you can do that, but at the end of the day, it's like, it's more important to to find your own voice and your your own unique voice rather than trying to like be something. Exactly. Or right, like it's all like down. emotion. Yeah. That's yeah. what music is. You're just kind of playing off of how you feel at the time. Totally. And what appeals to you. Yeah. And that's like the beautiful thing about different musicians and why no, no musician is ever really the same because like, for instance, in vocals, I can do as many different techniques that all different people do as I want, but like, it's always going to have my timbre. Like it's always going to sound like Chaney. Yeah. So. And it's funny. Like when I first started playing guitar and drums, I would just try to figure out other people's stuff and then just not really be able to do it. And so I would just get impatient and then just kind of turn it into my own thing. Yeah. That, that's honestly how it started. I wasn't even, I didn't even have the idea of being original. It wasn't even a thought. Totally. Well, that's, oh, I'm going to be original. I was just trying yeah. to sound like the people I liked. That was literally it. I agree. And I wasn't really good enough to do it. So it came out in my own way. <laughs> That is something that, you know, you st- that is a good way to start. That's the way to start. You find influence in people and you're like, I want to do this and this. I think that I I did that as well. I know that I did that as well. And then the older you get and the longer you, f- like, do something, I think that's when you start to form your own original, like, thing. It's like when you're trying to make an omelet, but... You screw the flip up, and then you're like, "Yeah, we're just having scrambled eggs." Yeah, that's kind of <laughs> yeah. That's like, that's my approach. This is never gonna be. <laughs> it's never gonna be the perfect omelet, but but it'll people, be delicious. Maybe, you know, people who don't they maybe they weren't expecting an omelet, so they're just like, "Hey, this guy is great at making scrambled eggs." Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> that's a pretty good. Uh, that's a really good analogy. Yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> Wait, so is Harrison not allowed to ask you any of the technical questions about drums? Tech question. I think we were going to, we Let's do agreed two, two tech questions two? a week. Well, because normally you can answer them in like a second. All right. It's like, They're yeah, it's 24. So boring. We need to have like a vote. Are the technical questions totally boring and not worth doing? Or are they something we should include in the I show? I hate to say this, but I think people probably like hearing about them. Because they're musical. All right, let's hear them. Let's, let's see what we got. So Harrison, hit us with that tech. Well, I think they're cool if it's a one-on-one conversation with another kind of technical person. You know what my favorite kind but of I'm tech is? I'm just worried is? that I feel kind of like 
when I'm working on something really technical, I'll come out of the studio in like a rage and, or, and I'll be like, Janie, listen. And I can tell she's just like, oh, that's nice. Yeah, it's, it cool. goes like this right over my head. Yeah. <laughs> like, dude, I hooked the DMXs. I, up my eyes my... just gloss over and I'm like, what yeah. did you say? So I can only imagine what did you just say? whoever's listening to the podcast probably feels the same way if they don't. It's so specific. Uh-huh. But in it, with that being said, we'll answer one of these tech questions. Tech let's question. Let's do one. Let's no, do let's one. do two. <laughs> we'll two? See how the first one goes. All right. Yeah. Let's have it. All right. What trigger presets do you... <laughs> and then that's <laughs> when I... Zeno asked, Naveen, could you please elaborate a bit about your kick trigger setup? Oh, my Holy God. Holy shit. <laughs> he just did it. Oh, um, my God. So... Uh, all right, my uh, my eyes are currently glossed over. <laughs> yeah, with the kick trigger stuff, it's kind of an ongoing thing <coughs> that you're always gonna be messing around with. It never really, for me, gets to a point where I'm like totally satisfied with it. Satis, satisfied, <coughs> satisfied, satisfied. But right now, I'm just using the old. See, this is so boring. This is just terrible. I think you're podcast. Uh, it's material. not that boring. I'm listening. I'm using. A Roland RT30 trigger. Is a, it's a drum interview. This should be called the drum the drumming interview podcast. The module is a two box drum it three, I think it's called. Oh my God. There's so many numbers and letters. And that's it. I mean, you have to just play around with what works for you, really. True what, that. Tight pedals, loose pedals. Yeah, the pedal settings, the trigger itself, the trigger module, how much crap you have in the bass drum. Uh, if you do the doubles like I do, it, it's unfortunate because you have to have, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. The, the way that I do doubles is like cheating. It's not, it's not super sick. Oh my God. You heard it here first. He cheats. I know. And people drums. are like, that's like cheating. It's like, it definitely is. It's like you get, well, at least you're honest. It's, it is sort of cheating. I'm not that good at double bass. That's why I learned how to do those doubles. Uh, but that being said, the hits aren't super hard, so you have to have the trigger really sensitive. And then it's a balance between having the trigger really sensitive and then the snare setting it off because the snare is loud. Well, so sometimes when I've been playing your current setup and I listen to my the triggers in my headphones, like there are so many misfires. Not when I'm playing. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> Whatever, Naveen. Well, that's another thing. So it's wow, it seems like you like to talk about this another a thing lot is, are for you, somebody yeah, who didn't so want to get asked tech clean. questions. All right, well, here's a good tip. It's what you want to do is have the trigger as sensitive as so least So are you saying amount. you hit like this? Uh, so the hits are hard. It's like the second hit is kind of quiet. Oh, okay. But it's a little bit better since I started using the Axis. They have a little more bounce to them. Did you announce that on the podcast that you're now endorsed by Axis Percussion? Oh, I well, I am now endorsed by Axis Percussion. Damn, they that's sent cool. me a hoodie. That's really cool. I also made a joke on the internet. That hoodie is sick. Uh, I was joking around on the internet and it got like way more comments and likes than the announcement of our song, but it was womp, womp, I was like I was like, how come drum companies don't make socks? Because there's always a foot cam. It'd be cool. They could put their logo on socks. So the guy from Axis like hit me up a week later and was like, hey, we we made socks because of that post and sent me a few pairs. 
and they're really sick. Humble brag. <clears throat> so I got the socks. Got the they sent me a hoodie, which I like. Are you? Li- are you? <laughs> you're listing off and, everything. Well, I'm saying I'm indoors. True. You should have wore the shirt. It's a really sick hoodie. I know. Actually. I was gonna wear it, but it's just too hot in here for hoodies. Yeah, it's like Nelly's song. But yeah, I've uh, I'm having a good time with those pedals. I kind of want to experiment with them even more. Yeah, they're sick. They're really sick. They're really know. sick. Um, so that kind of helps. But I mean, yeah, it's. Was there a reason that you? Like, do you prefer them to the pedals that you were playing before them? Um, I just felt like I was, I hit a wall with how fast you could go doing that technique that I'm doing with the DynaSync pedals. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you look at the guys who are playing really fast, they don't use this. Yeah. They use Axis. Well, they use like a crate, like one of those more modern direct drive pedals. To do the thing that I'm trying to do. Right. If you're just like busting it out singles, then, I mean, you know, Spencer does it sick from Inferi. He uses the Dynasynx, no problem. I can't do that. Yeah. So. Spencer is sick. He's a very solid drummer. Yeah. <clears throat> so I'm using the Axis, and it's pretty cool. It's definitely. But I, I will say, it's not like. I got the access and I'm just like way sicker. I'm kind of like, it's like a little bit more solid. Yeah. But I, I was mean, thinking maybe the thought process was like, oh, there's a potential to even go faster. But I, I mean, I think people get a little too caught up on what gear they're using. Do we need to go faster? Yeah, I know. Does our band need to be faster? I'm thinking I like think just, we're fast you know, as the person who does vocals in the band, I don't. I don't need us to go faster. I, I actually I would like to slow down in in some parts. Yeah, I know. It just depends on who, who I'm listening to that week. Yeah, <laughs> I know. So I'm gonna try it's to. I'm, I've been injecting some stuff into yeah. your ears, so I think I'm gonna turn I, the like, music like, up louder. A couple months ago, I was like super death metal, yeah. so I've got some songs that are just like way fast, crazy. Yeah. And now, I feel like I'm slipping more into like a little more groovy hardcore. Yeah, so I'm today I'm like to sitting there writing like 200 BPM hardcore ish. I mean, I call it that, but it's not at all. Yeah, I know because we're believe it or not, we're already working on more material. There's always material floating around. That's true. I feel like we have um, a good amount of time now. We have a couple of months that we're going to be home and don't really have a ton to do. Like let's write some shit. So I think we're going to write something. Before That's we what start I want to do. That's what I uh, and I've been thinking about that a lot lately. Actually, is what do I want to do every day? Yeah. You know, because I've found myself getting involved in tons of little projects all over the place here and there. And I'm just like, dude, why am I filling my time up doing all these little things? What do I ultimately want to do every day? And what I want to do every day is just write music. Yeah. And do my own stuff that doesn't involve music. Yeah. That's how I feel too. It's like, it's easy to, Cause I all the time see things like that I would like to do or new hobbies that I would like to pick up. But really it's like, I like to kind of dial it back and just be a vocalist and just play music and work on art because then I can, you know, get the furthest in the things that I actually enjoy the most. Sometimes when I pick up other hobbies, it's kind of a, I buy everything to do it type thing. And then I let it go after a couple of days. And then it's, the way things are now, 
you get it's so easy to get influenced to do something like that yep, with so social true. media and stuff like or podcasts. I'm going to do that because I saw this guy do it and I'm going to start posting about it and blah, blah, blah. It's like oh, lately I've just been thinking like, man, we have to be aware of what we're getting caught up with. That's true. Because I don't know if everybody's like me like this, but I will freaking just see something on Instagram I think is cool. And I'm like, boom, I'm going to start doing that. Yeah. You know, that's, that's kind of like, uh, maybe a strength and a not good thing of mine is I really like to do everything I'm into, like go all in on it, but I don't have the time to do that, nor should I do it. Yeah. So yeah, I've been trying to focus in on like play guitar, write music, you know, um, just keep it single, singular, singular. Yeah. Cause that's what I like to do the most. That's what I'm saying. Right. I'm, I'm trying to say, pick the thing that you like doing the most and just do that. And don't worry about all this other stuff. Well, yeah. Like when your mom was here, she called us, she said that we were minimalist. And, I love and that. That, that was, great. that was obviously like in a material possessions way because we are kind of minimalist. Like we, often get rid of things and give it to goodwill and like we don't like a lot of a ton of stuff most of our stuff is banned or it almost all of our stuff is either for the band or for the podcast yeah and i think that that's something that i like to incorporate in my whole life be sort of minimalist in like the things that i do but do the things that i love to do all the time just yeah. kind of not picking up new things all the time i'm not saying that you shouldn't like it's fun to do things that aren't like your normal hobby or whatever but you can get a little caught up in that I and almost so. divert your attention it's almost like a procrastination technique yeah like you want to be working on something but you in your mind it's like but there are a million other things that i need to do before i work on that yeah a million other hobbies i have to do before i work on that or commit, you know, commitments with work and everything. So yeah. it's, I'm trying to just be a little more focused. Yeah. That's all I'm trying to say. Yeah, same. And that, so to relay that back to what we were talking about before, it's maybe your gear isn't the best or whatever. If you, oh, here's an example. Instead of practicing, I've gone online and watched a bunch of technique videos for like, hours yeah where i could have just got done doing an hour or two of practice you know definitely so i think rather than look at online for you can easily spend an hour looking at gear and gear reviews right yeah because you think that that piece of gear might make you sound better well what would have actually made you sound better is if you practice for an hour that's totally true i think that it's that is a thing that in the last like maybe 10 or 12 years has become a, a lot more at the forefront of playing music, like the gear acquisition or that there are all these other things that make you better mm -hmm. that aren't actually just playing when in reality gear, it's kind of like what you were saying, like with your axis pedals, you're a little faster because you have a different piece of gear. But at the end of the day, what makes you better? Practicing makes yeah. you better. That's what's going to make you faster. You probably could figure out a way to do it on the other pedals. Out. Yeah, you could figure it out. So, but uh, it's cool. It's cooler. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. How? I think someone asked asked 
a question about like how much gear plays into how a band sounds live. And it's like, that's become so overblown. I know. It makes me want to just strip it way back and just sound really good without all that stuff. I mean, I think there are advantages to the technological revolution in playing music. It has helped us. It helps us to have MIDI patch changes. It helps us to have to play less gear. When you take an Axe Effects, you can play DI, even though I prefer to play with cabs. It sounds better to me. But uh, so it's made things like it does make things more convenient, but it only works to a certain degree. Really, at the end of the day, if you play, if you've got good hand tone, then you're going to sound pretty fucking good. I mean, yeah. remember when Chon was playing out of like little combos, combo amps and they sounded amazing. Yeah. Yeah, that, you that can make it doesn't work. doesn't really matter. Whatever. Anyway, I hope that answers the question yeah. about the triggers. <laughs> <laughs> Are there any other uh, questions? Do we have any more Harrison? questions? Are we yeah. bone dry out Good there. Point. We also have our caller. Oh god. Caller. Same caller? Same caller. All right. Caller. You want him on now? Sure. I got more questions. Uh Let's do let's do a couple more questions and then we'll end with okay. caller. Yeah, all right. Sounds good. All right. Uh Double Plates asks, how often do you listen to your own music or have it on your playlist? <laughs> Um, I personally listen to it a lot when I'm making it and then I don't really listen to it at all. <coughs> Chaney, however, listens to it a lot. <laughs> I mean, I listen to the current thing that we're working on a lot. I listen to, I've listened to our new album probably, I listen to a song every day at least. And I listen to the entire album. Like I'll just leave and go on drives and listen to the entire album. I'll probably twice a week still but i haven't listened to dark future in yeah i kind of uh usually i'll listen to it a lot when i'm writing it and working on it and then after it's turned in like to go to pressing or the label Mm -hmm. i just won't really listen to it at all and when it comes out i'll kind of just jam it like give it a one good listen i think we listen we listen to our we listened to the album last week on the drive yeah because you wanted dr- to put it on. Yeah, because I wanted to put it on because I love listening <laughs> I didn't want to listen to it. I was like, I don't want to hear this. But, but when you listen to it, it's like, yeah, it's, damn, this I, is I'm sick. always into it, obviously. I'm not like, this sucks. Turn it off. I mean, I, I really, to be honest, I really like our music. Me too. And I, I like too. hearing it. For I'm sure. not going to lie. I like But I don't it. listen to it a lot. I, uh, I'll every so often go back and listen to cuts from old stuff. Um, I listen to The World Without Us quite a bit still there are songs that i don't like that we've made that i probably will never listen to again and all but like never try ain't trying to play them live <laughs> uh yeah or i'll listen to like you know if we play a song live then i'll listen to a live video that's or true something. that's another thing you you play shows and you kind of have to listen to the songs to get ready for them and stuff yeah or you know you're exa- you're checking out how your how the live sound is and trying to make tweaks and that type of shit so it's kind of more mechanical right but i i listen to it like naveen said i listen to it a lot more than he does um i don't know why that is i just like our music i'll be listening to something else and i'll be like damn i should i kind of want to listen to our music to see how it holds up how it holds up what's up with it so (laughs) pretty often now, once I feel good about it, I'm kind of good for a while. 
And then, yeah, like I said, when it comes out, I'll listen to it. And then after a while down the road, like a years later, I'll be like, I got to hear that. And then I can just totally listen to it. No judgment. I feel like I'll probably never listen to Primal again. Maybe. Maybe someday. I'll yeah. listen to it again. I mean, you know, sometimes there are just things that you, you're like, that's cool, but. I don't need to hear it. Yeah, I don't need to hear it. It's cool that people <laughs> like it, for sure, but. All right. Hope that answers that. Should we end with the caller? How far are we into the podcast? An hour. Do we have one more question? We got a couple more questions. All right, let's ha- let's do some more questions. All righty. Uh, I want to go eat hard. a cookie. Naveen's trying hard to get out of here. Hey, Fever asks, how do you guys explain listening to metal or being in a metal band to people who aren't into it? I don't. Don't do it. I don't. I try I don't even try, try to avoid the question. Me too. Uh, if they say, "Are what do you do for a living? I'll sometimes say I play music. Luckily, in Nashville, every freaking person plays music, so no one cares to go beyond that. Yeah, and the conversation kind of goes. Uh, I just gauge how where the person's at, and then I just stick there. So yeah. if they're like, "Oh, what are you doing?" I'm like, yeah, I play music. Oh, cool. I'm like, I play drums. Oh, okay, are you in a band? Yeah, I'm in a band. Oh, what kind of music, you guys? Oh, we play metal. Oh, like Metallica. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's pretty much what I do too. Oh wow, that's cool. And then pretty close. If that's their, if that's where they're at, then they don't really want to talk about it. Yeah. But if they go further maybe they say like oh like slayer or whatever whatever you know depending on how far they go is how i'll gauge how much i'm going to talk about it yeah same i'm not big on trying to explain to people who don't like metal what it is and everything yeah same i don't need to i'm just kind of like yeah it's i'll be like yeah it's crazy. like screamo <laughs> <laughs> or they'll be like oh you you play that screamo stuff and i'm like yeah Ideally, though, I'd like to. I wouldn't want to bring it up. It's just me either. I mean, unless a person cares about metal, because I can actually talk about music all day. I'm actually pretty obsessed with music, but I, uh, I don't like. I don't need to. Oh. I can. I feel uh, that is a quality that I enjoy about myself. I feel like I can kind of, you know, talk to people about yeah whatever. We don't have to talk about music. For sure. And sometimes if I am talking to someone, I'll kind of um, talk about the communal aspect of what we do. Yeah. Because that's not so common. Just say, yeah, there's we're, there's kind of like a big underground scene that we're a part of and it enables us to tour. and Totally. Explain stuff like that. Yeah. To people who don't know. That was the question, right? People who don't know about metal. Yeah. So I guess that that's a cool, that's kind of a cool thing to mention. Yeah. I don't generally whip out my phone and say, have a game. No, I would this. never do that. I would, I would never do that. I actually avoid that. It sort of embarrasses, not that I'm embarrassed by it, but like, you know, sometimes you'll be at a Like, I'm going to look you guys party. up right now. It's like, oh God. Yeah. God, sometimes God. you'll be at a party and one of your friends will like pull up, whip out a video of you and show it. And that's to me just when I turn red. It's really embarrassing. It's super embarrassing. Like, we don't have to do this. Yeah. If just I'm at let a them look group it up on their own. a gathering or something, I'm not there going like, look at me. I'm so cool. You know, that's not how I feel at all. Definitely not. <laughs> I'm trying to like fade blend into in. the, yeah, just yeah. blend into the crowd. Let the guy who's the the look at me guy like let yeah him let him shine do that that's yeah. 
not me. Surprisingly, because I think you <laughs> might think that Chaney and I are these like loud personalities. Bodacious. Not, I don't think bodacious really people. Yeah. That's not really my vibe. Not really. Unless you know me, then then I'll open up a little more. <laughs> or if you're not present and I'm just on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I know people might listen to this podcast and think that we're like, you know, the center of the party. Yeah. That we're like Mark Cupper. Chaney, you're pretty, you're not the center of the party, but you're sociable. I am sociable. Yeah. Uh huh. And I am too. Don't get me wrong. I'm not like a, uh. a weirdo. Uh. Really? No, you're not a weirdo. We're both sociable. Yeah. But you have sometimes called me your uh, human shield. Human shield. Because I could, like I said, I I'm, I can strike up a conversation. What was the question? Was it about how good we are in social situations? Is that what it was? Because I don't remember how to talk to people about Music. metal who don't know anything about metal. Uh, don't. Yeah, just don't. <laughs> just keep it avoid. Cordial. Talk about sports. Learn something about baseball. I don't like, even. Uh, for no, instance, I'm just like I don't this like sports. weekend the say, Astros right? won the World Series. How do I know? Because I was in a group of. People from Houston. Wow, I totally forgot about that. All right. Congrats, Astros. Go Astros. Woo. I honestly, like, it's so hard for me to care about sports. I I couldn't care less. I tried caring about MMA. Yeah, me too. And I just can't. It's like I'm I'm like one of those special sprays that Evan, the, the carpet, it gets sprayed on the carpet that retains water, and that's yeah. sports. Stain I resistant. A, it repels water. I have a sport resistant spray on me. I know. I can't get into it. Honestly, that's for the good. That's kind of what I'm talking about. Like, I don't need to be sitting in front of my phone looking up like sports. Yeah, but I stats. wish I could wear the jerseys and feel. You could do that. Cool. You could do that. Yeah, but I wouldn't know who like Russo is, who's on my. And they'd back. be like, yeah, Russo. And you'd be like, yeah, for sure. Dude. I'd be like. Okay. Go Renee Titans. Russo from the '90s, the <laughs> actress. They don't pop up and tell you to like name three games he's been in, like metal bands. They might. Yeah, they would be like, know. "What? What were his best touchdowns?" People know that that people are they're just going to wear the jersey because they're from the town or whatever. I mean, that's like I think that's acceptable, right? I know. Is that acceptable to do that? I think so. There was a girl at the wedding okay. doing that. She was like saying <clears> that <throat> she had no idea anything about the Astros, but she had on an Astros shirt. Yeah, I think that's okay. Astros I, jersey. I don't, think that's, there's, I don't think that's problematic. All right. Go Astros. <laughs> go Titans. Answer the question. Go Titans. <laughs> Woo. All right. You guys want the live caller? Yeah, let's get the caller. Right. Caller. What's, what's he going to say this week? <laughs> Who knows, man? That's what's so interesting. If anybody else doesn't call in, we're going to have to keep talking to the same guy every <laughs> week. <laughs> Classic same old caller. Yeah. What's up? Caller. Bro? What's How going on, man? Oh. So that new single, guys, so good. I didn't get a chance to talk to you last week. Oh, okay. thanks, man. I'm so stoked for this album. Thank you, man. Thanks, man. We are too. We are too. We are. We're about to throw you some curveballs, though. There's all sorts of curveballs. <laughs> Twisters. We came we came balls. out with the least curveball first. Harrison knows. Yeah. I'm excited for the it. Does the next one have any clean singing in it? The next one has a really quick passage of clean singing in it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Super right. quick passage. But I'm the, still the, the next one after one, that. I'm hyped the about the next that. one. Yeah. Yeah, I'm super hyped about it. This actually, this next one. 
Here's an interesting fact. It's the song that I petitioned to have be our first single. But uh, I was like, Mm-mm, you no and way. our product manager disagreed with me. So what's yeah. that? People might not know what that is. What a product manager is. Yeah. So a product manager, I really have no idea, but I know that that's it's her the title. person. Who, no, here's what <laughs> she does. She uh, pretty much is our connection to getting vinyl. Yeah. All the vinyls done. She handles every aspect of putting out an album. Right. Really. It's pretty much like point of contact yeah. at the label, basically. Yeah. And we have a fantastic one, Stephanie. Yeah. So, but uh, sorry about that caller. Yeah, what's up, man? <laughs> oh, uh, I just I was jamming a lot of Necrophagist this week, and uh, okay. I don't know if I ever messaged Naveen about that, or if you guys are into them as much as you are into like Soul Niger. I know they're like way different styles, but uh, yeah, definitely into it. No, I don't know about as much, but. I liked it a lot, like when Epitaph came out and everything. I was, like everybody else, was blown away. Yeah, same. I mean, I don't think that that the kind of music we play would exist as it I does know. without Necro. Yeah. Um, so that started riff writing, like that, like that kind of whole totally. thing opened up that door. Super influential, but I, for me personally, not as influential as Soul Niger. But I do still, I still kick it to Necro. Yeah, I was yeah, kind of trying to jam a little bit to a Necro song the other week. Yeah, we and may I was or like, may this not is cover one. Way harder than it sounds. Yeah, it's super it's like fucking Im- hard. Fucking impossible. Luckily, the the vocal patterns on Necro yeah, are pretty easy, easy and yeah, they're are minute long passages. I know. I know it's true. That's so. just because Homeboy plays guitar. Yeah. It's all like guitar it goes along with the the rhythmic ideas were you jamming epitaph or what onset of putrefication okay there we go wow that's it i feel like there are so many people who don't even know that album exists really yeah dude everyone knows epitaph i don't even i was trying to remember how i even discovered them because it was back in like the limewire days or even pre-limewire or whatever oh well i think because it was like onset is uh, like I was born in '91, Onset came out in I think 1998, so it was like mid 2000s when I discovered it. But I have no idea how I found it. But that's, I just used to have it on my iPod. I remember listening to it like mid 2000s. But uh, that's kind of yeah. funny. It's like things like that happened with LimeWire. You would sometimes just find weird bands, or things would be labeled as other bands. Yeah, so you'd, you'd search across... for another band and find something else. Yeah, yeah. So you could come across like gems off of LimeWare, which Harrison, do you, did you ever have to download music that way? Okay. You're not that young. Cause kids today won't know about that. You know, they're not going to have to know what it was like to like search out LimeWire and sometimes get those uh, warnings for downloading shit. Have you guys gotten those? I got those from like my internet provider. I destroyed oh, my yeah. family computer with LimeWire stuff. <laughs> really? <laughs> But man, uh, you got an actual warning. Yeah, like don't be a illegally times, downloading. A couple of times they were like, "We're gonna like cut off your internet because you're illegally." I've gotten down. them too. I work in like the IT industry, and a lot of times, with at least with Canadian ISPs, they're only legally required to send those out to client or to like customers. But 
they're not ever really going to act on that. They're uh-huh. just, they have to do it because it went through like their system. Oh, they totally. Have to acknowledge that it happened. I saw there's this huge book site and it's called Z Library. And, uh, and Naveen was illegally downloading books. Dang, Chaney, now I'm going to get in trouble. Well, I went there the other day not to download, just to see some research. And it had been seized (laughs) by the FBI. It would have been nice to have that in college. I was always looking for sites on random or books on random torrents. Dude, Z Library is. I had never heard of that, though. So sick. It is insane. Like the way it's laid out and the selection. Like, I mean, wow. Yeah, but like, anyway, it's like I, I never downloaded up. anything off there. I just checked it it's out. It's like yeah. a, what was that drug website? Silk Road. It's like Silk Road for books. <laughs> Except Shit, you didn't dude. have to pay. It was but crazy. You got all the good good on there. It was crazy. It wasn't even like a torrent site because books are so small. Like it was just a direct link. But uh, it would you give can... you all these recommended ones and uh, you could find out about books on there. It was just a really good site. And then you could put them on your Kindle. You could email them straight to the Kindle. I, I never did it, but I know that you can I don't, do it. I just heard it from someone. I can't I remember heard who that you it was. That. I heard that you could that. you that. can yeah. put it all on your Kindle for free, uh, but you can't now because the FBI has actually seized, seized the site, it. dude. Um, yeah. Surely another Seemed site. too good to be true, have. for sure. Well, of course, all of those sites are too good to be true. Pirate Bay, anyone? That's still up. Yeah, I know. Well, I don't know, but I do know. You know what's funny? I actually don't really download illegally. Neither do I. I don't have a reason to. I think it's, yeah, I'm subscribed. Like Spotify ended that. Well, um, except that people like Joni Mitchell and Neil Young are keeping their catalogs off of Spotify still because of Joe Rogan, Rogan, I guess. (laughs) like fuck man sticking it you, to him. you lost this one yeah. let's just throw it back up there so <laughs> that cheney can listen to it well i'm not concerned about that i don't want to listen to them anyway well, so. so many of my classic rock collections have been destroyed by Joni mitchell getting off of spotify luckily i have vinyl but that's, what about youtube yeah it's kind of fucking annoying to listen to music on youtube though i True. do i do have youtube premium so true that but anyways all right uh on that anything note. else there, yeah, buddy? Anything else? No, I'll keep it short. I, I know Naveen wants to end the pot. Yeah, he's hungry. You know why? Because <laughs> we ordered crumble cookies. Oh, earlier. no, no. I don't want people. I sh- I sh- so he's craving yeah. sugar. I don't want people to feel bad for like taking <laughs> up time or whatever. It's all good. He's craving one of the pumpkin cheesecake <laughs> chocolate cookies. No, I already ate my share of that one. I can't. Oh, the damn. One, uh, half is yours, and it's insanely good, oh, by yeah. the way. <laughs> All right, well, have a good week, man. I'm sure we'll talk to you again soon. Yeah, thanks for calling, brother. Yeah, and everyone else, have a good week. It's been a great podcast. Next week, we're having Jeff on. Oh, we're doing the post-show, though. Don't forget about that. Yeah, we're going to do the post-show, play some music. Next week, we're having Jeff on. Tune in. Yeah, have a good fucking week, everyone. We're going to jam some tunes in the post-show. Yeah. Uh, Join us on Twitch if you haven't. We'll see you next week. See ya. Peace. That's my new thing. I throw things.